Just let me go. Listen and understand. That Terminator is out there. It can't be bargained with. It can't be reasoned with. It doesn't feel pity or remorse or fear. And it absolutely will not stop. Ever. Until you are dead. All right, listen. The Terminator's an infiltration unit. Part man, part machine. Underneath, it's a hyper-alloy combat chassis. Microprocessor controlled. Fully armored. Very tough. But outside, it's living human tissue. Flesh, skin, hair, blood grown for the cyborgs. Look, Reese, I don't know what you want Pay from attention! Me. Are you saying it's from the future? Come with me if you want to live. Nice night for a walk, eh? Nice night for a walk. Wash day tomorrow. Nothing clean, right? Nothing clean, right? Hey, I think this guy's a couple cans short of a six-pack. You're close. Give them to me, now. Welcome to Sweep Delay Podcast. This is your host with the most, Mike Mac Masunas. How's everybody doing today? Doing great, guys. It's Friday night, November 9th. Feels good to be back and uh, talk some Terminator. It's good times. This is the movie that won. It was Robocop versus the Terminator. You guys picked the Terminator and uh, pretty excited. Good stuff. I love both movies, but uh, to be honest with you, I have not seen the Terminator in a very, very long time. So it was definitely fun going back to watch this old movie. And uh, you guys will find out just uh, how much I enjoyed it or I didn't like it at all. All that fun stuff. But uh, other than that, man, things have been going real good. Uh, I got some really cool uh, announcements to make, all that other fun stuff. And then uh, something special is going to happen in the episode as well that I'm looking forward to. It's going to be kind of a nice, cool surprise, hopefully. Everything works out. But uh, before we get into all that fun stuff, let's get into some movie and music news.
right, so first up in movie news, and uh, obviously I should probably cover this first because it's the most mind-blowing news that there is that everybody seems to be going crazy over. So if you've been living under a rock and you have no flipping idea what's been going on, uh, Disney has bought Lucasfilms, a.k.a. Lucasfilms is the guys that own Star Wars. So not only is Disney like the smartest company in the world for, you know, I mean, they paid like $4 billion for this thing. So obviously we knew how rich they were, but uh, you want to hear how smart these guys are? They own Kermit. They own the green. Okay. They own Kermit. They own the Hulk. And now they own Yoda. That's right, folks. They now own the Muppets. They own Marvel. They own Disney. Uh, not Disney, they own Star Wars. It's good stuff. And then to top it all off, they have announced that they're going to be making uh, a new set of trilogies, 7, 8, and 9. Pretty cool stuff. Now, uh, I've had some people ask me my thoughts on it, all that fun stuff. And uh, to be honest with you, um, it doesn't really bother me. I think, to be honest with you, I think it's a good idea because of the fact of, you know, Disney's very smart. Look what they did with the Avengers. You know, they know how to put their money in the right place I think and they know when to step back and let creative control take place where it needs to be taken Uh, they're just all about uh, owning the property putting the property in the right place but letting the the correct people go behind the film and make it so that's why I'm not worried about Disney owning Star Wars they'll find the right amount of people to take care of the new set of trilogies it's gonna be good stuff now uh, George Lucas obviously will have is going to be, you know, an advisor, whatever it is. I'm not worried about it. I think it's going to be cool. You know, the guy's pretty much been uh, hated for quite a while. He can't ever do anything right. So I think it's good that this is going to be happening. But there was news that uh, old school Han, Luke, and Leia have been asked if they w- wanted to be a part of the new uh, series. And, uh, you know, for sure. Mark Hamill and Carrie Fisher have come out and said that they wouldn't mind whatsoever to be in the new Star Wars. And uh, I haven't heard anything about Harrison Ford, but it's not like he's doing a whole lot of things these days. And, you know, obviously Lucasfilm owns Indiana Jones as well. So uh, it's good stuff, man. I'm kind of excited for it. I think it's going to be good. And then uh, kind of something I wanted to talk about just a little bit here. Kind of a few months ago, uh, originally there was uh, a review done, Star Wars Episode One, and uh, I had a lot of fun on that episode. Uh, it's kind of, there was kind of some things that happened after the episode. Uh, there was a little bit of backlash, uh, namely because of either things that uh, I said on the episode or things that Ty had said on the episode, so on and so forth. Um, I think... To be honest with you, it's kind of one of the biggest regrets I have with the podcast is the whole Star Wars fiasco and how things went down. I don't honestly believe that I handled things properly. So what I'm going to do is is I am going to come back and I'm going to do the Star Wars movies just by myself. I'm not getting a co-host. I'm not going to get Jameson on or Ty or anybody else. It's just going to be me. It's just going to be my overall, you know, I'm going to watch the movie just like any other movie that I do every week. And I'm just going to give my honest, uh, you know, thorough review of the film 
what I liked, what I didn't like, you know, and if it still holds up today, all that fun stuff. I'm just going to be as honest as possible. I'm just going to come at it as a fan. You know, I've always been a fan of the Star Wars movies. Now, obviously, I'm not the the diehard fan that uh, some people are. I mean, obviously, I'm more of a diehard fan for various things. Star Wars, I, I really enjoy and love Star Wars, but I'm not, you know, cuckoo over the, the moon over it. So I'm just going to come at it as a fan. And these are going to be bonus episodes. They're going to come out randomly. I'm going to start with episode two. I'm going to pick up right where I left off. If you want to email in on your thoughts on episode two, feel free. Uh, that's sweep delay podcast at yahoo.com or at stlpodcast at gmail.com. And uh, I'll go ahead and read it on the show. So uh, I'm going to, you know, I kind of want to, you know, I want to apologize for the way things were kind of done back then. I honestly don't think I handled it very well. Uh, there was just a lot of, uh, I don't know, a lot of tension or, or whatever it was. You know, I, I think it was just kind of, it kind of hit me by surprise just from different angles, how, you know, everything felt like attacks and all that other stuff. But I know things are, now that things have chilled out, I'm definitely willing to approach it again. But I think doing it by myself is the best way to do it, not bring anybody else in and just treat it like I normally do any other movie. And I think it'll be fine. So, um, I won't tell you when I'm going to be do, but I'm not going to tell you when I'm going to do part two. But if you want to email in on your thoughts on part two, feel free, and uh, and we'll do that. So that's what kind of what I want to talk to you about, because uh, I am excited for the new set of Star Wars movies, and I don't want to I don't want to leave that whole situation the way it was. I kind of want to pick up and uh, and finish what I promised I would do, which was all the Star Wars movies. So it's just going to be bonus content instead. So you kind of don't know when I'm recording it, when it's going to come out. It's just going to kind of show up. So I think it'll be fun. So that is it for the big, big news in regards to movie news. Um, There are some other cool things that happened uh, yesterday. Mark Wahlberg has officially been announced as the main man to take over Transformers 4. So here's the deal. Michael Bay made a small little movie called Pain and Gain with Dwayne The Rock Johnson and Mark Wahlberg. It's going to be coming out this summer, 2013. Uh, it's his it's his first low-budget movie he's made since Bad Boys 1. And he got along so well with Mark Wahlberg that he decided he was going to throw him in the new Transformers movie. He thought he'd be the perfect candidate to take over it. So I kind of made a joke about it. You know, Marky Mark and the funky Transformers got a nice ring to it, but... Uh, we'll see how it goes. The new logo came out. It's got half of a four and half of a Decepticon logo. It's pretty cool. So go check that out. And then The Rock, a.k.a. Dwayne The Rock Johnson, has officially been confirmed as Hercules. But I broke this news to you guys about three months ago. It's no surprise. I know some people were surprised, but it's not a surprise. It's just official confirmation has come out about that. Now, in other surprising news, since Kristen Stewart, you know, a.k.a. Uh, the girl from Twilight slept with the director from, on Snow White and the Huntsman. They said that they're kicking her off for the sequel. But guess what? As of yesterday, uh, there was confirmation that she could be back for the sequel. Uh, kind of funny, but uh, they're thinking about bringing her back. But again, it's just rumor at this point in time. Nothing completely official. Now, Man of Steel is actually uh, confirmed. It's going to be converted into 3D. We all know how post-conversion is in 3D. 
So I'm not really excited about it. I'm going to watch it in 2D. I could care less the fact it's going to be in 3D. We shall see how it goes. And then uh, the other thing I want to talk about, last but least, was the curse of Chucky. So Don Mancini, he's the guy who originally created Chucky uh, for the Child's Play movies. He did part one, thought it was really good, thought it was really scary. And uh, he actually then took the series in a more comedic role uh, towards the end of the series. And uh, a lot of people didn't like that, some people did. But uh, the curse of Chucky is going back to the roots to make it as scary as possible and not have any comedy in it. So, so that's going to be coming out Halloween of next year. So looking forward to it. We shall see. Um, you know, there's no trailers yet at this point. Just some, just a teaser poster. But looking forward to it. So that is it, guys, for movie news. Let's get into some music news real quick. Alright, so the biggest news in music this week is the fact that Taylor Swift not only last week broke the record with her new album that came out red, selling 1.2 million copies. She's also broke a record where she's the first female uh, lead vocalist to have uh, her her last two albums peak at number one, selling over a million copies for each album, which is pretty cool. But this week... She still sold 344,000 copies and remains in the top spot. This is her fourth studio album. And uh, that's pretty cool, man. Good times. So uh, Meek Mill, who's a rapper, actually charted at number two with his debut album, Dreams and Nightmares. And usually you don't see a rapper not only debut, let alone hit towards the top right away, but he's number two. He sold 164,000 copies. And maybe it's because he got some collaborations on there with uh, Mary J. Blige, Rick Ross, and Trey Song. So, um, and the other interesting music news that's been going on is it's kind of funny, but it's kind of cool. So we're already getting Christmas music, all right? If you go over to the iTunes charts for the new music day that debuted this week, none other is the Christmas tune by the Backstreet Boys called it's christmas time again it's a good tune man i gotta admit you know i'm a hardcore backstreet boys fan it's all good i never i never you know deny that fact uh i was not expecting to see a christmas song when i sat there and looked in the charts you know kelly clarkson's makes sense you know her new single don't rush is out it's because she's got a greatest hit album that's coming out but if you are in the mood for christmas music you know halloween's over thanksgiving's right around the corner and you want to play some Christmas music? Go check that tune out. It's called It's Christmas Time Again by the Backstreet Boys. Their new album is going to be coming out next year. But uh, this is kind of a sneak peek for all you Backstreet Boys fans out there. Or if you just like good Christmas music, check this out. You know, you can hear the uh, hear the little clip. See if you like it. Check it out. So, And then Kid Rock, he's got a new album out. Well, he's going to be having a new album out. You can pre-order it now. And uh, I'm kind of excited. I'm a Kid Rock fan as well. It's going to be a good time. So that's it, guys, for music. As far as the charts goes, nothing great, man. I'm not loving too much of anything on the charts. And uh, for me, it's just kind of blah this month uh, for the charts, man. Nothing's really good whatsoever. Nothing's really, you know, popping out of me like, wow, this is a new song. You got to dig. You got to check out. I like the new Kelly Clarkson tune. It's really good. Uh, Don't rush. So check it out. That's probably the best tune that I've heard so far. It's been on the radio a lot of times. And then Christina Aguilera's tune. Uh, you know, you ever hear one of those songs that you're guilty 
for liking it. You know, it's like one of those guilty pleasure songs where you're like, you know you shouldn't like this song either because of the lyrical content or because of who it is, but you just can't help yourself from liking it. And that's kind of how I am with that Christina Aguilera song, Your Body. That song is ridiculously catchy. And there's, I, there's, I should not like this song. I mean, it's about her basically, you know getting divorced from her husband and wanting to go out and go bang some dudes but it's got that crazy chorus and uh man i just like oh every time i hear it i'm just like i don't want to like this song but it's like i can't help it so uh other than that that is uh that's the guilty pleasure song for me of this year is that tune and it's not even doing good on the charts it's like 66 or something like that so but whatever so that is it guys for movie and music news so let's roll into the review for the original James Cameron, The Terminator. In this city, under cover of darkness, someone is stalking Sarah Connor. Sarah Connor? Yes. Sarah Connor, 35, brutally shot to death in her home. You're dead, honey. What's this? Dead girl, too. Sarah Louise Connor. Is this right? Of course, we'll have more on this late-breaking story as it comes in. She doesn't know why, but it's her he's after. Did you reach this girl yet? No, I keep getting answers. Pick up if you're there. I'm really scared. I think that there's somebody after me. And no one can help her. Except for one man. I'm Reese. It's a sign to protect you. You've been targeted for termination. This isn't true. How could that man just get up after you did? Not a man. A machine. Terminator. Underneath it's a hyperalloy combat chest. Microprocessor controlled. Fully armored. Very tough. But outside it's living human tissue. We cannot make things like that yet. Not yet. Not for about 40 years. Are you saying it's from the future? They came to fight. For the one woman who could save their future. And this uh, computer thinks it can win by uh, killing the mother of its enemy. One came to protect her. I came across time for you, Sarah. The other to kill her. Arnold Schwarzenegger is The Terminator. Inhuman. Relentless. Unstoppable. He has only one purpose. Murder. Can you stop it? I don't know. And now, Sarah Connor's world has become a battlefield. With her at ground zero. And the Terminator closing in. An adventure unlike anything you've ever seen before. Arnold Schwarzenegger is the Terminator. Alright guys, it is time to talk to Terminator. Now, uh, I got something really cool 
and special plan for you guys. Don't ask me how I was able to pull it off. Let's just say I got some friends in high places and I got the phone number to Mr. Schwarzenegger himself, Arnold. And evidently he knows who I am. He's listened to STL. I don't know how. I guess there was somebody in Hollywood that heard the show and knew how much of a fan I was and basically told him and... You know, I basically found out that he's a fan. So I'm going to have him on for the next three episodes. Because if you didn't know already in the group, uh, the original voting was between Kindergarten Cop, Twins, and Junior. Well, evidently, we had a lot of votes for Kindergarten Cop. We had a lot of votes for Twins. And we only had one vote for Junior. But uh, it ended up being a tie. So... We're going to get three weeks of Arnold. Not only are we getting the Terminator this week, but we're getting Kindergarten Cop, and then we're getting Twins, or Twins or Kindergarten Cop. I haven't decided yet which one it will be. I'll let you know by the end of the show. But uh, Arnold, man, I'm I'm going to call him up on Skype and basically, you know, talk to him and just kind of kind of interview him a little bit. You know, maybe he'll help me review the films, and uh, it'll be fun times, good stuff. So let's see what. Uh, let me here. Hold on one second. Let me pull up Skype here, and then I'll give him a call. Give me one second here. Hello, Arnold. Good morning. Hey, how you doing? How are you? Oh, not too bad. Who are you? Uh, you know, it's um, Mike Mack. You know, Mike Mack Masunis. You son of a bitch. Hey, you can't talk that way, sir. We're live, man. We're live on the podcast. But I'm happy to have you on, man. I'm a humongous fan of you, sir. Come on. Don't bullshit me. No, I'm not. Hey, like, you can't swear on the podcast, sir. Whatever your name is. Get ready for the big surprise. All right. Well, hey, I'm talking to Terminator today. And, you know, I heard that uh, you were willing to come on the show and we could uh, we could talk the Terminator because, you know, this is like your first big, humongous movie and all that other good stuff. Well, I've got news for you. You are mine now. You belong to me. Hey, no, you're quoting the wrong movie, sir. That's next week during uh, Kindergarten Cop. No. Yeah, next week we're going to do Kindergarten Cop. You know what I mean? Is that okay? First, I would like to just get to know you. Okay. Uh, what do you want to know? Who is your daddy and what does he do? Uh, well, my daddy, uh, he's retired. And, uh, you know, again, sir, you're quoting Kindergarten Cop. And, you know, we're talking some Terminator here. But anyways, uh, you know, he uh, basically is, you know, he's retired. He's really cool. My CPU is a neural net processor. A learning computer. Very good. Now you're on the right track, sir. Uh, yeah, he's retired and, uh, you know, my mom and, and him and stuff like that are retired, just hanging out. It's all good. But, hey, how about this? Um, I'm thinking that uh, I'm going to talk I'm gonna talk some Terminator and then, uh, you know, just occasionally I'll touch base with you. Just kind of go over, you know, some of my favorite scenes that you were in in the film and, uh, you know, maybe you could do some quoting of the particular scene and all that good stuff. So does that sound like a good plan? Yes. Jeez, man, you don't have to yell at me. Stop shouting. I'm not deaf. Well, I have to admit, man, you're kind of uh, in a bad mood today. Yeah. But it's all, all forgiven. So I'm going to move on now. I'm going to get to the movie review and then uh, we'll check back. In case you forget, I'll be checking back with you. 
Hey, I couldn't have said it better myself, Arnold. So, uh, the Terminator, let's get to this sucker here. Alright, so what's really cool about going back and watching this movie is you really forget just how awesome this movie really is. And you forget about the scary parts that are actually in this movie. I mean, it's not like a horror movie, but it's definitely feel, it has like a science fiction horror vibe to it. You know, I never really, I totally forgot about some of the scenes where I'm just like, wow, that's really intense, really good stuff. Because, you know, when you watch this movie, you just have part two in your head. Part two just kind of makes you forget all about this one. So I really had to watch this movie as though part two never existed. And I think that really helped me to enjoy the movie a lot better by thinking of it as a movie on its own standing and not by, you know, basing it off of the sequel. Because, you know, Terminator 2, no doubt about it, the sequel is really one of the most successful sequels of all time, if not the most successful sequel of all time. And nine times out of ten, everybody loves part two over part one, even though originally people were just madly in love with this movie. I'll be back. Well, it's true, Arnold. I mean, you definitely do come back later in part two. And uh, this really is where I'll be back really started from was in this movie. But uh, yeah, what's really cool about this is Arnold wasn't even supposed to be the flipping Terminator. Lance Hendrickson was supposed to be the Terminator. I mean, there was just, if you really look at the history of this movie, look it up. It's really cool. I mean, there was a lot of really crazy ideas that came up with this. James, James Cameron, you know, Mr. I only make one movie every 10 years with the guy that made Aliens and Titanic and Avatar, all that good stuff. Uh, this, you know, this is a script that he had in his mind and really a lot of part two was in the original script for this one. But there was just no way he could possibly make the kind of movie he wanted to make. So a lot of that was recycled and put into part two for the better, obviously. But, uh, you know, Schwarzenegger came in. And he just really enjoyed the way that he uh, he was because originally he wasn't really excited about Schwarzenegger. But he kind of felt that, uh, you know, once he got to know the guy, that uh, he was just a perfect fit. And once Schwarzenegger was on the set, the style of the film changed and the movie just kind of took on a larger than life. And, you know, even Schwarzenegger kind of joked around saying that he's making some crappy movie and he'll be done in like a week and it'll mean nothing. And sure enough, this movie just kind of blew up. So this movie came out in 1984 and Orion, you know, is the people that helped distribute this movie. And I, you know, Orion, surprise, surprise, also did RoboCop, which is pretty cool as far as I remember anyways. And this movie, I'm going to tell you right off the bat, one and two are all I care about. I don't care about three. I don't care about Salvation. And I don't care about the Sarah Connor, Sarah Connor Chronicles. For me, this series starts with one, ends with two, and I forget the rest of them. You know, this movie, the franchise was sold for a buck. That's just James Cameron wanted to get this movie made, sold it for a dollar. Can you believe that? Just sold it for a dollar, not even knowing what kind of of crazy franchise this was going to come out of eventually i think he got it back but you know it's uh for me i mean three is okay but one and two are amazing and uh i'm just kind of thinking i'm gonna review part two and then i'm not gonna i'm not gonna touch three and four because i i wasn't a big fan of three i really didn't like it at all i thought the 
part two ended the series perfectly. I thought it was great, and I thought it was kind of pointless for there to to be a number three. I I honestly believe it was made for Arnold to have one last chance at acting and that was it in terminator salvation i've heard such horrible things i haven't even watched it yet and i really have no intention on watching it so here is the basic um plot of the film so we're dealing in a post-apocalyptic 2029 and artificial intelligent machines seek to exterminate what's left of the human race now two beings from this era they travel back in time to 1984 uh aka los angeles now, one of them, of course, is the Terminator, played by Arnold Schwarzenegger, which you can clearly tell is the Terminator right off the bat. I mean, they tell you in the trailer. But uh, then there's, uh, he is essentially a cyborg, which a cyborg is like a robot underneath with human flesh on the outside. And he's an assassin programmed to kill Sarah Connor. And the reason for that is, is that uh, they need to take out the mother of the unborn son that would take down these guys later. So... And the other guy is Kyle Reese. And uh, he's played by Michael Bean. Uh, Sarah Connor's played by Linda Hamilton. And um, he's a human resistance fighter who is sent to protect her. Now, after uh, the, the, the movie kind of starts off where the Terminator is just up and killing Sarah Connor's in the phone book directory. In the order that they appear, mind you. And uh, the Terminator tracks um, Linda, Linda Hamilton's character to a nightclub. Now, Kyle saves Sarah from the Terminator's attack, and, you know, they tried to escape from him. And, of course, she doesn't really believe what's going on. Now, Kyle tries to explain that in the near future, there's this artificial intelligent network, which is called Skynet. And it becomes this self-aware and... uh, it creates a nuclear holocaust of mankind. You know, computers take over the world, which in all reality, computers really are, you know, running the world nowadays. And uh, Sarah's unborn son, John, what he does is he rallies the survivors and leads a resistance movement against Skynet and the armies, you know, the army of the machines, basically. So that's why they want to take out John Connor. Uh, they figure they'll kill the mom, kills John in the process all as well. Now, the Resistance being on the verge of victory, Skynet sends the Terminator back in time, as I said, killing John, or killing Sarah, kills John before he can be born, and all is well, and their side of things, all things are good. Now, the Terminator, if you didn't know, he's this emotionless um, killing machine, no no feelings, no pain, but, you know, he has blood, He you know, he doesn't... Yeah, when he gets hurt, it's just a matter of you know how bad is his body messed up so he can continue, kind of thing. And uh, Kyle and Sarah are attacked again by the Terminator, and they have this really crazy car chase, and then they get arrested. And there's this lieutenant in the movie called Ed Traxler. He's played by Paul Winfield and Detective Hall, which is A.K.A. Lance Henriksen. Uh, you might know him from Pumpkinhead or the Alien movies, Alien vs. Predator. He was supposed to be the original Terminator. Don't be ridiculous. Arnold, I- I'm not being ridiculous. It's true, man. You weren't originally supposed to be the Terminator. It was this small guy was supposed to be the Terminator. So I'm glad you got the part, man. But uh, anyways, uh, the de- you know the detectives tell Sarah that Kyle is insane. And Kyle is questioned by... Uh, the psychologist, the psychologist, um, Doctor Silberman, and th- I mean, this is the guy that we love to hate in Part Two. 
and concludes that he's paranoid and delusional. So the Terminator attacks the police station, kills like 30 police officers, and then, of course, kills the, you know, the lieutenant and the detective and uh, trying to get Sarah. Now, of course, Kyle is able to escape and finds Sarah. They both escape just in time and they seek refuge in this motel. Now, Kyle confesses that he's been long in love with Sarah for a long time and that Sarah, that he had been given a photograph of her from John. And, you know, he's just always thought about what she was thinking in the picture. And, you know, he volunteers. He He's the one that volunteered to come back and save her because he's just in love with her. And, of course, uh, they get busy and they make John. So, yes, the guy from the future is actually the father from the past, right? I know, crazy. So the Terminator tracks them to the motel, wounds Kyle, and there's this awesome chase, which looks identical to the chase in part two. Just change a little bit, mind you, or I should say part two does the exact same thing in part one. Really, the whole ending of the movie is identical in part two, just a little bit different, which is so cool. But again, I tried to separate part two from my viewing experience of this one but really cool chase terminator gets caught in this blast of a gasoline truck he gets exploded by a pipe bomb it's real flipping awesome and then uh his flesh gets burned away and it's just the the ecto the ectoskeleton that looks really really bad but we'll get into that starts to go after sarah and kyle into this factory and uh, essentially what happens is is that uh, Kyle jams this pipe bomb in, into the abdomen of the Terminator. Now when it explodes, it causes damage. It essentially knocks him down the stairs, kills him. And then uh, Sarah actually gets a piece of the Terminator into her leg. So she can't walk. You know, she can barely walk. And she's trying to crawl away from the Terminator because there's only the top half of the Terminator going, you know, crawling after her. And she goes into this really cool hydraulic press, crushes it, and decapitates it. It's all done. At the very end of the movie, uh, Sarah's pregnant, traveling to Mexico, and she's recording these audio tapes that she intends to pass on to John. She debates whether or not she wants to tell him about Kyle and uh, knows that uh, she really needs to tell him. And she has this really cool line of how the few hours we had together, we loved a lifetime. Pretty flippin' awesome. And then this Mexican boy takes a photograph of her, which, of course, becomes the photograph that John will later give to Kyle. And then, you know, they say there's a storm coming. And she's like, I know. She drives towards this storm and the movie ends. So just imagine if there was no Terminator 2. It was just this movie. This movie's unflippin' believable. There's so much good stuff that happens in this movie. I'm very excited to talk about it. It's really cool. The budget was only $6.4 million. This sucker made $78 million. And that's huge back in 84, man. It was good times. Affirmative. I know, right? So let's get into the movie, what I liked, what I didn't like. Okay, so the movie starts off, and uh, what's really cool is they have a bunch of words to kind of set up what you're going to be watching, how it's talking about the war, and how everything goes down tonight. So immediately, you're kind of captured. You're just like, cool, I'm interested to see what happens, and it's only like the first 30 seconds. And then you get the really cool theme, which a lot of people in the STL Nation have said that they just love the theme to this uh, movie, which I agree as well. I love the theme. And actually, it was performed live 
uh, evidently. I'm not really sure what that means. It was performed live while making the movie. You know, I would think it was recorded and then put on a soundtrack and added later. But from what I read, it was done live. Not really sure what that means, but there you go. But uh, I dig the logo. And, like, they do the theme and the logo eventually comes together and says the Terminator. It's some good stuff. And then we see good old naked Arnold. Now, of course, the ladies are going to love this. Um, I think he was pretty brave, man. You know, I mean, he was in tip-top shape. You know, they show his butt, of course, which they do in all the rest of the Terminator movies in Part 3. They reverse it to be a woman that you get to see naked. But, uh, you know, the girls, man, they're probably like, woohoo, you know, Arnold gets to be naked. But for me, I'm just like, man, that guy's got some huge muscles. So here's what I dig. Arnold starts walking down. He's naked, but they cover him up really good. And there's these bunch of bad guys, these thugs that are just hanging out. One of them's Bill Paxton. How cool is that? Arnold and Bill Paxton would later work on True Lies. And I'm a big fan of Bill Paxton. I think he's some good times. And I love when uh, they have the really awesome line of, uh, nice night for a walk, eh? Nice night for a walk. Yes, thank you, Arnold. That's what you said. Nice night for a walk. And I do have to say, I totally love the way you did that, man. That was some good stuff. Now, obviously, Arnold, I don't need to tell you how good you did in this movie. I think you only had like 16 lines in the whole entire film, but your presence was done very well. Uh, you obviously get better as the movies go on, of course. I mean, you definitely step it up in the sequel. But again, I'm trying to look at this as just the movie on its own. But, of course, Arnold does an amazing job as the Terminator. Who else would have been perfect for it? And when we get Kyle Reese, I really like Michael Bean. I think he's great. I thought he was amazing as Kyle because he's the perfect, like, you're scared of the guy but you like him at the same time because he is kind of scary because you don't really know who he is or or maybe you know there's two terminators or or whatever the case may be you know they kind of play it mysteriously in the beginning of the film before he officially talks to Sarah Connor so i like the store scene you know where he's trying to get some clothes he's got some pretty cool nike's that he puts on but uh, these cops are idiots and why do i say they're idiots okay so he goes up to you know he goes up the escalator and the cop just walks by and puts the flashlight up and just continues to walk. The guy doesn't even attempt to go up the escalator to see, oh, maybe he's on the second floor because there's no way somebody would be smart enough to move to the second floor. So these cops are completely stupid. Let me just point that out. But hey, like, you know, you got to go along with it or we don't get a movie, right? But let me just point out that these cops are completely stupid in this movie. Yeah. Well, thank you, sir, for agreeing with me that uh, these cops are stupid. So uh, what I really dig is I got to love the phone book, okay? I mean, this movie is definitely a, a time a time piece. You know, it's like Halloween, you know, where it says that it takes place in, uh, you know, in the 60s, you know, early 70s. You know, because of the fact of it says that it puts it in its own particular time piece, it's kind of like a time capsule. You know, that's why the movie works. Same thing with this one, because it actually references the fact that it's in the 80s. People had people were in the phone books back then. Nowadays, people are all about being unlisted. They don't want to be anywhere near phone books. So if you were a Terminator nowadays, you tried to come in, you wouldn't be looking into a phone book because you're not going to find nobody, okay? You're going to have to go looking on the internet, man. And even looking on the internet, you got to pay some folks to get information on where they live. But like I said, because it's the 80s, I like the fact that he just goes up to a phone book and he's able to find Sarah Connors. That's pretty fun. That's pretty funny, actually. 
But like I said, the biggest way to really enjoy yourself with this movie is to separate the fact that there is a sequel. Take part two, completely get it out of your mind. Watch this movie just as it is. Pretend part two doesn't exist. You will have the most fun time with this movie. You will really enjoy the action. You'll really enjoy what it was trying to do because the special effects, 95% of the time, are really great. There's some really bad moments, which I'm going to point out. But for the most part, this movie did a tremendous job in creating, I mean, it was super fast, easy story to go along with. You had likable characters. You had an awesome villain. I mean, this movie really is good. I mean, really, really good. And it has a science fiction horror feel to it like Aliens does. It's just really, really good. So that's just something I want to remind you to separate part two. When we get to part two, we can talk about the comparisons of part one. But I just want to separate part two at this moment in time. Now, Arnold, we definitely have to talk here for a moment. Yeah. Um, about your particular scene that you did uh, here coming up. And you know what I'm talking about. And that's the scene where you bust the car with your fist. Now, here's what I don't get that people do in movies, okay? You go up to a car and you stick your fist through the driver's side window, but you got to sit on glass. So I have to admit, I thought you were kind of stupid to do in this scene, sir. Don't be ridiculous. Take it back! So shut up! Look, don't get all offensive with me, all right? I mean, I can always cut the, you know, cut the cord here on our conversation. I'm just saying, I I kind of thought that that was dumb that you did that, but I'm going to give you the benefit of the doubt because you're just going along with what the director told you to do, but I just think it's always stupid that people bust the windshield, you know, they they bust the the driver, you know, window and they got to go sit on some glass, but because you're Arnold and you're the man and, and you're my favorite action star of all time, I'm going to let this one pass, okay? But I hope you leave enough room for my fist because I'm going to ram it into your stomach. All right, all right. I get it, okay? I won't make fun of you anymore, okay? No no big deal. So let, let's move on in the review, sir, okay? So after Arnold does this amazing smart thing of, of breaking the window uh, of the vehicle, he uh, he hotwires the vehicle, takes off. He's gonna he's on his mission to go find some Sarah Connor, and uh, he's just like Sarah Connor, you know. And uh, she's like, yes. And he busts open the door, man. And he just, man, he blows her away, man. Uh, some good good stuff. It's kind of scary, you know. He goes into uh, a gun place, and Mister Futterman, you know, good old Mister Futterman from Gremlins, man. What does Arnold do? He flipping takes the gun and he blows him away. I mean, how? Arnold, seriously, I I thought it was kind of uncalled for that you had to kill Mr. Futterman. Are you out of your mind? What the hell did you do? I didn't do nothing. You're the one that took the gun and you blew away Mr. Futterman. You're the one that has the problem, okay? I'm just saying you kill Mr. Futterman. We all love him, man. The kids love Mr. Futterman, man. That's all I'm saying. But moving on, you know... I don't know if I'm going to bring you back next week. You're kind of rude, but like I said, I'm going to let it slide because you're my boy and all, but, you know, just be a little bit nicer, okay? That's all I'm asking. No. <laughs> you're so funny, man. All right, so moving on. So another cool scene that uh, was pretty awesome was, well, actually, before I get there, when they show the Terminator fight for the first time, you know, where they go back and they're kind of going through Kyle's memory, you know, he falls asleep uh, in the car, 
and they show you the fight. You can kind of see the bad green screen at that moment in time. Uh, this scene, for the most part, looks pretty good. But if you really look, you know, especially when they're under the cars and you look in the background, you can clearly tell it's kind of green screen or blue screen, whatever. But it doesn't look too bad. It's definitely favorable. There's movies that have done it completely worse. Uh, this is one of the few scenes in the movie where this scene looks a little bit dated. Uh, but then again, some of it looks really, really good, especially like people being blown up and exploded and, uh, the Ray fights look really good and stuff like that. But just when you kind of look in the background, you can kind of tell the, the green screen. Now, when we first get introduced to Lyndall Hamilton, Sarah Connor, I like the fact that she has an iguana. I used to have an iguana. His name was Goliath. He was really, really cool. As far as Lyndall Hamilton goes, she's great. You know, like I said, I have to separate the fact of the Lyndall Hamilton I know in part two because in part two, we don't get the, the sweet, caring, compassionate Sarah, the meek Sarah, the unconfident Sarah that we get in part two. We get the normal, regular girl just having a really bad day, Sarah. Uh, she plays an excellent transition, man, of just being a, a down-and-out girl who's ready to go on a big date, gets dumped, and then finds out that everybody's being killed that has her name and then has the worst night of her whole entire life. And she did it perfectly. I thought she was the perfect fit. I'm a big fan of Lyndall Hamilton. One movie I really enjoyed her in was uh, Mr. Destiny with James Belushi and Michael Caine. Excellent movie, man. If you haven't seen that movie, go check it out. It's amazing. But uh, he's essentially, Jim Belushi is married to Linda Hamilton. And Linda Hamilton is super uh, chipper and off the wall as her as as you know as the husband as the wife and then he just kind of wishes that he had a different life so he ends up married to another girl and he, he's spending the whole movie trying to convince Linda Hamilton that they were married and it's just a really fun movie because Michael Caine is all about creating the destiny that you want and stuff that's for another podcast but she's amazing in that movie so I just I've just been a big fan of her since this movie and then by Mr. Destiny I was like man I love her so and then when I saw her in part two I'm just like Oh, good, good time. So love Linda Hamilton. She does an amazing job here. Uh, I like Matt, you know, the, the boyfriend of her roommate. He's kind of a likable guy, you know, even Lin, even, uh, even, uh, Sarah likes him because he gives her a kiss on the neck and stuff, but he has a real awkward moment where he calls in, he starts talking about undressing her. And of course he thinks it's his girlfriend he's talking to. And then he he has a funny line of doing the same line back when she gets on the phone. I like Matt. He's not in it a whole lot, but he's a likable character. And uh, I really dig her. I This, her roommate loves music, man. She's all about having the headphones on. I mean, uh, just the whole movie, the whole time you see her, she has headphones on, you know. It's crazy. And uh, that's kind of what makes that scene fun where Matt's getting tore up by the terminator because her roommate has the ears on and making sandwiches and just dancing and stuff like that and then she gets blown away man gets shot in the back all that fun stuff and uh man this is a brutal brutal murder man when he just like he shoots her like seven times and uh, they make you use your imagination in this scene when he's smoking her because they just show him just shooting the gun but not showing the bullets going to her and stuff but then uh you know sarah calls her and the terminator hears her on the answer machine and he's off to the nightclub to go find her i dig the music man they're playing this awesome song you got me burning good tune man it's some rocking 80 80s music in this movie man uh really it's the only song they really kind of 
you know, pump up the volume, so to speak, to where you can really hear what they're saying or like the song itself. They're they're highlighting the song. Good stuff, man. This song is really rocking. You know, you got me burning. You got me burning. Good stuff. And it fits with the scene, you know, slow motion. Terminator pulls out the gun. Barry smokes Sarah in the head. And here comes Kyle to the rescue and just blows him away. Good stuff. Now, of course, I love the line. Come with me if you want to live because Kyle says it to Sarah you know, come with me if you want to live. And then they, again, I know I said we we're supposed to separate part two, but I love the fact of the callback that they do in part two when, when Arnold says it to her, come with me if you want to live in part two. And uh, this just gets a big grin on my face, man, when I hear him say, come with me if you want to live. Now, this scene's pretty intense, man, of them just trying to get away. And for the most part, you know, it's Arnold busting through the windshield. At first, I was like, uh, that doesn't look like him, but I... I watched it again i'm like yeah that's him they're just kind of doing slow motion that's kind of why it looked a little bit different uh good scene the thing is sarah's seeing all this crap that's going on she's seen him get smoked she's seen what he's doing and she still doesn't believe that kyle is the good guy you know it just kind of cracks me up but i guess when you're in shock you don't really think too clearly so again i give her the benefit of the doubt i go along with it now I mentioned before how the cops are really, really stupid. They're also weak, too. When the guys get behind the the wheel, it's like they never driven before. I mean, easily Kyle just, like, hits one of the cops and he goes crashing. You know, I've watched enough high-speed chases in my day. They last for a long time, and very rarely does anybody ever get away from a police chase. Now, this is a movie. You're supposed to get away from the cops, but just the way the cops are taken out just makes the cops look even more dumb than they did in the beginning of the movie. But it looks cool, and it's fun times. And uh, when Kyle, you know, when they finally rest and he tries to explain to her what's after her, she's just like, it's from the future. You know, they don't even make stuff like that, you know. And I just love how Kyle's just like, don't you get it? You know, this thing, don't you see what's going on? And he's just trying to tell her that you're basically stupid. Open your eyes and see what's going on. And then when he starts talking about the computers or essentially the end of the world, I just look at us today and just be like, wow, computers literally run everything. I don't know anything that they don't run, really. I mean, seriously, maybe in my parents' house, nothing runs computer-wise in my parents' house, but I don't know, man. It's just, you know, because they don't even have a computer or smartphones or any of that other stuff, but uh, it's just amazing how far computers have gone today. My CPU is a neural net processor, a learning computer. It's true, Arnold. That that's a that's a good line, man. Unfortunately, you don't say that in this movie. You say that in part two. So we got to save that for when we do Terminator Two. But it's true. You definitely have a you know a learning computer. You know, and that's what computers are are starting to do today, man. Learning what you do and keeping track of you. It's just just scary stuff. But all right. So moving on to the the next the next stuff that I like. And let me just say, I think this concept is great. Just the overall, you know, you have, uh, you know, it's a time movie. I love time travel movies. And it's just a real easy concept that your son changes the way that the world will be because our world has gone to hell and your son is the one that helps bring it back. So they've sent somebody to murder you. Great concept. It just really is. I mean, it, it's simple. Everybody can get it. I mean, you can have a, you know, you don't want a kid to watch this movie, but I mean, you literally could stick a kid in front of this movie and they would understand the concept 
of this movie. Now, of course, the whole, you know, Kyle being the dad, that gets a little bit, you know, tricky when you're thinking time-wise, but you just got to go with it. But like I said, I just really dig the overall concept of the movie. Now, I will admit that the doctor... Uh, he's likable in this movie. You know, I got to separate how he is in part two, how he locks up Sarah and, and the way he treats her in part two. But in this movie, you know, he's just kind of a dumb, dumb doctor. I think he's more tired than anything because you can just see how much he's yawning and drinking coffee, trying to stay awake. But, you know, he's just he's not you don't hate him. You don't think he's the greatest, but he's tolerable for sure in this movie, uh, unlike part two. So the doctor does does OK. Uh, now, when we get to the uh, the eyeball scene, all right, so I guess this kind of starts the test of how things look, and that's where we get the fake face of Arnold. Uh, you know, Arnold has an eyeball. Where, he has a scene where he's got to cut his eyeball out of his eye. Now, obviously, they can't have Arnold really cutting his eyeball out. They do a good job of, uh, at first, showing the side of his face, but then when they get to where they clearly are cutting out the eye. It it does have a very good resemblance to Arnold. The only thing is, is just that uh, once they put the glasses on, it's just, I wish they would have cut away. It's like once the, once the glasses go on, you can clearly tell it's not Arnold and it takes a few seconds for them to change the camera angle back to the side of his face. So it's the real one. But, you know, based on the time frame that this movie was made in, the, those special effects were amazing. So it's dated now. It's one of the few effects that really you can tell, okay, that's old. But it still, in a way, looks good. So I'd say on a scale of 1 to 10, it's about a 7, about a 7.5 there for that particular scene. But overall, I mean, it's creepy. You really get to see what you're dealing with. You know, the the hand is okay because they show you him cutting the hand open to, to move his hand. The face is okay. Uh, but overall he gets the glasses and then we get the really cool Arnold look throughout the rest of the film, which is some good times. Cause he definitely looks better with the sunglasses on than when he doesn't have them on. So it, it's definitely iconic for sure. And then, uh, the I'll be back was born. Now, funny enough, it, reading this, uh, Arnold could never pronounce the words. I'll be back. He, he like practiced this and practices and practiced this and finally got the scene right. And uh, that's pretty much why he's always kind of added it to all of his movies. Uh, you'll notice that after each movie, it gets better sounding and better sounding as it continues on and stuff. It's just the, saying it for the first time, he had a hard, hard time uh, saying it, which you could never really tell. But, you know, I'll Be Back was born in this movie and continues the rest of his uh, movie movie career. Good, good times. Now, I love this scene of him coming in and just blowing away the cops. There's like 30 cops, kills them all. They do a really good scare scene of Sarah hiding under the desk, and you think it's the Terminator opening the door, and it turns out to be Kyle. Good scene. Definitely uh, plays off of your fears. It's really intense, and they get out just in the nick of time. I love it. And I really love this whole you know chase scene. A uh, really great highway chase scene that they kind of use again later on. You know, he'll get hit by the truck and dragged and he gets into uh, the truck and says, get out. And uh, he's just, he's tore up beyond tore up, man. And uh, then when they get away and it's just Sarah and Kyle uh, kind of slows down a little bit. You know, you see that he was shot 
and uh, she tries to patch him up and stuff. And they they kind of talk about John, and uh, then you kind of get a flashback. You kind of see how things were when he starts talking about the Terminator and just talks about. She's like, "Tell me what my son's like," and it's a really good emotional scene. It really starts their connection together that leads on later on in the film. And for some reason, this particular scene always stuck with me as a kid where when they when they flash back and they show where, uh, you know, the hide, the hideout is where they're all hanging out. And the two girls that are just sitting there watching the TV with the fire in the TV. I don't know why that image has always stuck with me, but it's just like there's something about that image is pretty cool. Uh, it's it's kind of sad. It's kind of mysterious. I don't know. I just I really dig that whole girls looking into a TV with fire. It just kind of tells you the kind of world that they're living in. And uh, it's really, really good scene where you get to see the, the fight outs with the Terminator. And then you kind of see the picture that gets burned up. So, of course, he can't show Sarah the picture late, you know, during this scene. And uh, then we get the real funny scene of... Uh, Arnold kind of, you know, he's still, he's really tore up and you have this guy messing around where he's like, what, what you doing in there? You know, and he has these different responses. And of course, uh, you know, F U a hole is the one that he picks and it's just the way he, the way he says it is just so good. Yeah. Oh, glad you're still with me, Arnold. Yeah, it's true, man. I really dig how, uh, how you talked during the scene, man. It was some funny, Funny good stuff, man. Now, I really like the scene where you think that Sarah's talking to her mom and you find out it's the flipping Terminator. Now, of course, you knew that um, he could talk like other people because you saw him do it earlier in the film where he's talking like the cop. But you're just like, well, how did he get the mom's voice? Well, obviously, uh, it kind of helps to know that he broke in. You can kind of see the bullet holes. So obviously, he had heard her say something. He captured her voice and that's how he's able to talk to her uh, through the conversation good times man that's that's one tricky way of being able to catch your prey for sure and uh after the phone call um arnold you have this really cool line that i just love the way you say it do you remember what you say during this scene sir yes give me your address there that's it yeah that's it give me your address yeah good stuff man i, I really dig how you say that it was funny so uh, another scene that i really dig was the you know you must have had fun in your childhood when uh he starts talking about making pipe bombs and stuff and she's like what are we having for dinner and he explains what he bought and she's just like you must have had a fun a fun childhood now this scene is kind of interesting to me you know he's telling sarah to be real careful when you put the when you put the bomb together you know just be real gentle and you see the terminators on his way and then you get the really kind of, you know, romantic series scene about how he's trying to tell her, you know, why he came and how much he loves her. And then what does he do? He goes over to the table and he starts to smash the bombs into the book bag. I mean, I get the fact that he's frustrated. He even says, I shouldn't have said that. You know, he's just like, I can't believe I just told her I love her. But it's like, dude, you just told her a couple minutes ago to be super careful and you're all throwing them in the bag ready to blow up. So I thought it was, that's the really only stupid thing that Kyle does. But at the same time, I get where he's coming from because he just told the woman that he loves, that he loves her and he doesn't want to be rejected because that's the one thing us guys don't ever want in life is to be rejected right guys so uh definitely uh, a good scene but it, it's i just kind of crack up at it at the same time of that particular scene where he's throwing those into the book bag 
All right, so I do want to say that uh, after the lovemaking scene, that's when the rest of the movie is just nonstop action. Real, and I have to admit, the lovemaking scene was actually done very tastefully, done well. I mean, you could tell that they were definitely passionate together, and it wasn't just you know one night stand kind of thing. So I do like the way that that was actually done. I'm usually not a big fan of sex scenes or whatever, but that was done really good. Um, you know, it, it definitely got the point across that hey, they love each other. You know, and that's it. Good times. So the rest of this man is just action packed, crazy. Um, I have to admit, though, when we finally get to the ectoskeleton Terminator scene, you know, where all of Arnold is burned off, this is where I had Nightmare on Elm Street 3 effects, where from a far distance when it's trying to move really fast, it just looked really bad, like Nightmare 3 Freddy skeleton. But the up-close shot looks really good. But overall, though, um, I really enjoyed the final confrontation scene. Very well-paced, very action-packed. Very suspenseful. You didn't know what was going to happen. Good stuff. And then uh, you got to love what Sarah says. You're Terminator. You're terminated, effer. And then it just crushes him. And, and there you go. Now, there's one problem I have uh, with this movie. Uh, and that's the, the ending. Not the ending where she's talking with the tapes. But it's after this scene. Okay. So Sarah, for the most part through the night, she's been, I don't know, necessarily a fugitive. But, I mean, she's been arrested She's been thrown into the police station. 30 people were killed. And she just randomly shows up at this place. And there's tons of car crashes and fire and everything like that. They don't show you the aftermath of what happens to her. Like they don't show her being arrested or whatever. I think you're supposed to use your imagination. But it just is kind of like weird that nothing seriously that nothing serious happened to her after she's taken out of this plant or, or wherever the facility is that they're at where she crushed the Terminator. I just thought that was a little bit off. But, I mean, if you're complaining about something like this this far into the movie, you got some problems. But overall, though, um, I love, you know, when she's doing the whole tapes thing. And she just sits there and just says that, you know, the few hours we had together, we loved the lifetime's worth. And then the picture's taken. And then, man, it's just the movie ends and it's just like, man, if this was just a one time movie on its own, never had a sequel, be amazing, man. It's still the movie still holds up to this day. It has a lot of suspense. It has some actual good scares in it, I would say. Um, Overall rating, man, I'd have to go with a very strong four and a half stars. No doubt about it. I mean, there's some there's some age to it. And there's some, you know, the stuff I pointed out where it looks bad that that knocks it down. But it's a very strong film. And I forgot just how strong and good this movie really was. So I give this sucker a four and a half. Really enjoyed this movie. Um, I actually can't wait till we get to part two because I haven't seen part two in a very long time. And I just bought the extreme DVD version where you get the extra footage. So um, overall, Arnold, uh, I got to ask you, sir, before we roll into emails, um, are, are you happy overall with this movie? And, you know, do you, what, what, do you, what are you thinking, sir? Hasta la vista, baby. All right. Well, hey, that sums it up, man. G- good job. Uh, you're right. Hasta la vista, baby. This movie's over. So uh, that was good times, man. So uh, I think that's it, guys. Let's, uh, let's roll into emails. Let's hear what the STL Nation had to say. Oh, wow. 
All right, email time. Now, I do have to make an apology to uh, Tawana Diverse City Williams. She sent me like a bunch of emails and I've like forgotten to uh, read them. And I was like, I'm so sorry. I'll definitely get it next time. So uh, she's actually, she's emailed in on the Nightmare series and I totally forgot to read it during the Nightmare on Elm Street uh, episode. So here's what she had to say about that. She said, what is up, Mastunis and Nestail Nation? I just wanted to drop you a quick uh, well, a couple of quick lines on my thoughts about the Nightmare on Elm Street series. Unfortunately, I wasn't able to see it all again in order to write in like I planned to, but I did recently rewatch the original, which was always uh, a classic film despite some really bad dialogue and acting in the beginning. I did notice for the first time how great the direction of the dream world is. I think the director really nailed how your surrounding and dreams always look real, but something is always a little bit off, which that's the beginning of the movie with the sheep. A lot of people don't get like, what's up with the sheep? Well, it's random. It's supposed to be there. That's part of your dreams. Random crap just shows up. So so I hear you on that one. And um, the original did a good job with uh, that compared to the remake, which I also rewatched. I still have mixed feelings on the remake, but I don't hate it as much as I did after watching it for the first time about a year ago. On second viewing of the remake, I began to appreciate the excellent homage uh, homages to the original, like the tub scene and the Katie Cassidy scene, but I still have major gripes with the remake's criminal underuse of Clancy Brown and that it seemed to paint Freddy Krueger as the real quote-unquote victim of the story and that the kids just quote-unquote dreamed up some bogus abuse charges. I don't think the producers put enough thought into the negative real-world implications of uh, the creative choice. So for that reason, the remake is only 1.5 out of 5 stars. Uh, a little movie marathon did make me think of two films I like that are sort of similar, which are Bad Dreams and Dreamscapes. Dreamscape. Have you seen them, Mike? Yes. I have seen Dreamscape. I love it. Dennis Quaid. Amazing, amazing movie. absolutely love it. It's got this freaky uh, snake guy at the end with nunchucks. It's crazy movie. Love Dreamscape. Uh, well, that's really all I have for now. Just want to end by saying I appreciate all that you do with the podcast. I am really enjoying the CCP. Thank you so much. And the Underground Hour is fast becoming a favorite too. So keep up the great work, which thank you so much. And uh, John G, which is uh, somebody that she brought into uh, into STL recently, he loves the Underground Hour. He actually doesn't listen to the movie reviews because his iPod's broke, so he hasn't had a chance to listen to movie reviews. But he loves Underground Hour because it's less than an hour. He gets to just jam and clean the house and stuff. So it's pretty cool that the Underground Hour is kind of first base for him and the review is second versus everybody else. The movie review is first and Underground Hour is second. So that's pretty cool. Uh, keep your head up, man. The STL Nation has got your back. All right, that is it for now. See you online. Take care. Diversity. So thank you so much, Tawana, for writing in. I really, really appreciate it. Uh, she did send in some Underground Hour stuff. So on the next episode, I will get your Underground Hour email read for sure. And then uh, the next one comes from Anthony, the Epic Emailer. What is up, sir? He's like, hello there, Masunis. Uh, you asked for more emailers, and I answered the call. First off, I wanted to say that I greatly enjoyed the special STL episode for your review of the Blu-ray Blu-ray release of Halloween 2, which thank you, sir. Uh, as you know, I did the Nightmare on Elm Street series, and then as a bonus, I reviewed Halloween 2, the TV cut, and uh, I was hoping... 
that uh, somebody liked it. And thank you, Anthony, for letting me know that, you know, I was hoping it wasn't going to be a complete waste of my time, but I'm glad that you enjoyed it. And as long as one person does, that's all that matters. And, uh, and of course, your Nightmare on Elm Street series rep- uh, retrospective. The reviews for each of the Nightmare movies were shortened down. You gave them enough time. Uh, and you weren't just uh, brushing them off, which I was a little bit worried about. I, I, I was like, did I spend enough time on each movie? Uh, you know, I was hoping I balanced it out. So thank you for the feedback, sir. Uh, glad to know that I did that film series justice because you of the STL Nation are the hardcore nightmare fan. I'm the hardcore Halloween fan. You're the hardcore uh, nightmare f- you know, fan, you and uh, Watson. So it's good to know. Uh, I heard some good things. So I'm glad you guys enjoyed it. Thank you so much. Now, with that out of the way, on to the actual movie that this episode is for. I will admit that I enjoyed the Terminator series. It's not necessarily my favorite, though. Uh, That doesn't mean it's not something I wouldn't mind seeing if it happens to be on TV. And I want to just watch something that I enjoy to watch. I like the idea that the Sarah Connor character started out as someone who couldn't easily, who who could have easily been lost in the shuffle and the things called life to end up discovering that she's to help save humanity, even though it's just to give birth to the person who will lead the resistance. How she was in Terminator 2 is completely contrast to this version, and while that's understandable, it was good to see her where she was more innocent. I also enjoy Kyle Reese probably helped that he was played by Michael Bean, who I liked as Hicks in Aliens. Uh, in a way, he was liked. Uh, in a way, he was like the coma man who was trying all that he could that humanity could live, and he felt more believable when he did the things he did. Sucks that we got to see this version of the character in only this movie, as I would have just loved to see the version that were before the first movie. Um, which I think you're trying to say, wait, in a way he was like the common man who was trying all that he could, that humanity could live, and he felt more believable when he did the things he did. Sucks that we got to see this version of the character in only this movie, as as we would just see the versions that were before the first movie. I think I got you, sir. Definitely can't forget to mention the former governor. I've never had any problems with Arnold movies. There are some exceptions, but not worth mentioning. And to uh, and have to say that uh, this was perhaps one of the roles that I preferred him in. Probably one of his uh, roles, Jingle All the Way, could top it. Of course, I'm only joking. Uh, he would continue to play one version or another of the Terminator, but I think that this was more badass version as he was just there to do what uh, he was programmed to do. Uh, he didn't have to deal with uh, being, quote-unquote, more human. No deal. Stop whining. You lack discipline. Whoa, Arnold, chill out, man. I, hey, Anthony, man, I think you upset the man. Uh, but Anthony finishes off by saying, I will give the first Terminator movie a very high 3.5 out of 5. I haven't seen it in its entirety for quite some time, so that rating seems fair for what I can remember. I hope you like the email, and until next time, see you, Anthony, that big emailer. Thank you, sir, so much for all your feedback. Uh, you had some great things to say. Really appreciate it, sir. All right. Now, our next email comes from Sebastian, the internationalist, and he's like, Hello, Sweep the Lake. Terminator is more serious than the sequels. Uh, the movie's strength is that, like 
The Matrix, it combines action with ideas. Schwarzenegger's character bears none of the painful ambiguity of the sequels. He simply kills. True, he does utter the infamous line, I'll be back, a promise that he utterly fulfills, but the effect is less ironic than horrifying a solid recommend. And that's what he had to say. So thank you, Sebastian, so much for writing in, sir. Always a good time. And uh, guess what, guys? We have a new member. We have a new ST- We have a new emailer. Okay. Uh, so what happens when we have a new emailer? Banzai Danielson. Hey, Banzai. 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 That's right. We got a new STL member, and uh, this one comes from Lisa. Uh, hello, Lisa. Thank you so much. Uh, she said, hi, I am a new fan to STL Nation. My name is Lisa. I live up here in uh, Nova Scotia, which I hope I said that right. If I didn't, I apologize. But I'm originally from Virginia. I'm originally from Virginia. So your podcast has reached even a new country possibly. That's that's amazing. So awesome. I came across your podcast last month when searching for shows on Beverly Hills Cop. I am an avid movie lover and 80s is where I live. 90s are great, but I live for the 80s. If my husband tells me uh, one more time we're living in the 2000s, not in the 80s, um, you know, <laughs> I'll go off. I started with your first uh, episode of Ventures and Babysitting. Ugh. Lisa, why did you put yourself through that torture? I mean, that episode is atrocious, horrible, piece of crap, but... I have to leave it on iTunes so at least people can hear how the progression has happened. But thank you so much for getting through the first episode and sticking with me because that episode, ugh, so bad. And I moved way up to Beverly Hills Cop, which you did. That that took a long time for you to get up there. I have to add uh, my little two cents. I love this series. It's my second favorite movie of all time. Awesome. Can't wait to hear what your first one is. I know the original so well I can almost name all the lines. A lot of times I can be in the other room watching it and still spit out the lines, which I do the same thing with the Karate Kid. I am surprised you didn't mention the scene where he is in the warehouse trying to get him to look into where the last shipment of the product came from. Uh, I love that, man. It's I, I thought I did, so I do. I love that scene. It's good times where he just walks in. Hello there. You know, and he's like, go get your manager, you know, and he just goes off and, oh, good times. He says he's an inspector and asks the guy whose Ferrari's outside and says, I don't want a uh, kind of fool to take me for. Hurry up, quicker. It's just the way he says it. I find myself saying it all the time. Uh, to save a few friends, no one ever knows what I'm talking about. Hurry up, quicker. So I get you. A good scene. I love it. Uh, I was wondering if you could make a few suggestions for movies. I will add it to the Facebook uh, feed as well to see if uh, if it can become any for consideration, which... Uh, yes, we have a voting. Um, you are part of the STL Nation group. That's where all the voting uh, suggestions take place. And then I go ahead and I take those movie, or, uh, movie you know, versus each other. And then uh, and then we vote. So uh, Mannequin with uh, the quintessential Andrew McCarthy and Kim Cattrall. Uh, I'm going to tell you right now, Mannequin is my favorite chick flick movie of all time. Amazing soundtrack. I love the movie. I love the story. I flip and love Mannequin. So I'm going to tell you that right now. Um, 
I saw it in the theater and is my all-time favorite. Also, I think you, I think that's your favorite movie of all time. There you go. There's my answer. Also, have you considered doing a John Hughes line of films? I have. I love Pretty in Pink, Some Kind of Wonderful, and there are other favorites like Weird Science, 16 Candles, and Breakfast Club. Uh, I love all those movies, especially uh, Some Kind of Wonderful. That movie is so underrated. And uh, also, what about Better Off Dead? Never seen Better Off Dead. Uh, also, Office Space, that's such a cult movie. Anyway, I won't ramble. I really enjoy listening to the podcast. I'm only a few episodes in, jumping around, but I am definitely enjoying it. Thanks for your dedication, love, and passion for movies, Lisa. Oh, wow. Lisa, thank you so much. Uh, that's an amazing, beautiful email. Um, I'm so glad you found the show. Great to have another member of the STL Nation. And uh, you you had amazing things to say. So uh, so thank you so much for writing in. And uh, our final email of the night goes to John the Mailman. That's right, folks. He is back. And uh, John says, hi, Mike. I hope things are getting better for you. I'll keep your family in my thoughts. Uh, they are, sir. Um, it's uh, got about three more weeks left of uh, of my wife's family situation of things before they start to get a little bit better. Uh, hopefully by the end of this month, um, things will things will get better on my wife's side. Um, on my side, you know, I I've I'm kind of at peace with the whole situation with my grandma and stuff. So thanks for asking, sir. The Terminator is a great movie. Got my boy Arnold. I love me some Arnold. Uh, there is no one more fun to watch. Yes, correct. Oh, see, John, even Arnold agrees with you on that one, sir. And uh, every time I watch this movie, I forget the horror movie feel of it It start that it starts off with. They do a great job with it. Some say it's dated, but it's a time travel movie to the 80s, so it works. Uh, but the end full cyborg shot is dated, laugh out loud. Linda Hamilton did a great job as Sarah, who starts the movie off having the worst day ever and doesn't get any better. When she finds out people with the same name are dying, must have been the biggest WTF moment ever seen. The action is good and the story is amazing. 4.5 out of 5. Uh, and I'll be backline, still a great part. Uh, I got to see 21 Jump Street after all the great things people uh, were saying, and it was even better. I had so much fun, and I never seen the show, which... Go back and listen to some Changing Channels podcast, sir. Listen to 21 Jump Street again. Hear me and Jameson's review on that, sir. And uh, good times, man. I'm glad you watched it. Have you seen We Need to Talk About Kevin? I have not. I just watched it. I need to do a rewatch. Uh, was uh, Was tried, and I think I missed some stuff. I was tired, and I think I missed some stuff fighting to stay up. Uh, I, it was okay for the most part. You did a great job on the Elm Street movies. It's been a while since I saw them, but everything you said brought back memories. Have a great show, John the Mailman. Consider this email delivered. Uh, thanks so much for writing in, guys. Uh, definitely missed you guys. Uh, good times. If you want to write in, please do so at uh, SweetPlayPodcastYahoo.com or STLPodcast at gmail.com. And I'd uh, love to hear from you. So uh, that is it for emails. Let's get into the music spotlight. All 
All right. So for the music spotlight, I kind of had a little hard time coming up with a song that I wanted to play this week. I got a lot of good tunes saved for the Underground Hour. Uh, I will get a new episode out soon for the Underground Hour. I want to give it a little bit of time, but uh, I'm excited. I got some really good tunes picked out for the next episode. Uh, But this one, I just uh, came across this song this week. Uh, It's a new song. I really dig this song. Uh, This guy, his name is called Manifest. Uh, I've seen, I've liked this guy in the past. I have some of his CDs and I saw him in concert. He's a, he's a, he's from Canada. Uh, he's from Canada, I should say. And, uh, that's okay. He's a, he's a Canadian rapper. He's good times though. Uh, he, what's really cool is he's kind of got like, uh, a rock rap kind of vibe, but, uh, this song is called human only human. And, uh, it's really good. It's about, uh, just talking about how, and I made mistakes, you know, you cut me, I'll bleed, you know, and uh, you just kind of got to, you got to realize, man, that people, they're human, man, that uh, nobody's perfect, that uh, you just got to kind of wear your heart on your sleeve and just, uh, you know, it's just, it's one of those tunes that really kind of speak kind of how you're feeling, especially if you're having a bad day. And uh, man, I heard this song and I instantly fell in love with it. It's from his new album, uh, which is called The Fighter. Good tune. I hope you dig it. And it's the, it's got a really good melody to it. It's not fast. It's not slow. It's kind of mid-tempo. But the chorus is amazing. Uh, I hope you dig this song. It, uh, it's pretty inspirational. It's a good time, especially if you're having a bad day. All in all, guys, that is it for the episode. Uh, I want to thank you so much for joining me for this. And, uh, of course, Arnold, uh, I can't thank you enough, sir, for joining me for our first week together. I know that uh, we have two more weeks to go. Uh, the next episode, you know, I love Kindergarten Cop over Twins. So how about uh, for next week, for next week's episode, we do Twins first and save the best for last. And we'll do some Kindergarten Cops. That sound like a good idea? Affirmative. Excellent. Spoken like a true Terminator, sir. So thank you so much for joining me. I'll catch you next week and we'll ha- we'll talk some twins. It's going to be fun. You got some awesome lines in that movie. And uh, don't forget to check out the other podcast, uh, Change the Channels podcast. Uh, we're going to be doing the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. So get your emails in for that episode. We're going to try to record soon before the Thanksgiving uh, you know, time starts. Uh, we'll get that done as soon as possible. Don't forget to check out the Shadowy Flight. Just recorded a new episode. That should be posted pretty soon. And uh, don't forget to uh, come back and check out some Underground Hour. I'm going to have some good tunes for you. It's going to be fun. And then uh, and then after uh, and after Kindergarten Cop, then we'll throw up, well, I should say Twins. Uh, I'll throw up the next movie matchup, and then you guys will vote. So then by the time we get to Kindergarten Cop, I will let you guys know when the next episode, you know, what movie won. So it'll be good times. So uh, I think that's about it. And uh, I can't thank you guys enough for just being so supportive, just being the best fans that there is. You guys are amazing, good times. And uh, I hope you enjoy this song. Again, it's called Human by Manifest. And you guys take care. Masunas out. said I was an angel, nah, I never said I wouldn't break down, yeah, beside myself living in a cold cell, don't shut me out, yeah, you look at me like I'm a stranger, yeah, you make me feel like I'm a traitor, don't leave me 
digging up my past, though I know I let you down. Yeah, uh, I'm still fighting for the future. Yeah, cause I never wanna lose ya.